From WJFF Radio Catskill, this is Close to Home, the podcast that explores the people, issues, and institutions in the Catskill Mountains, the heart of small-town America. I'm your host, Leif Johansson. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Some of my favorite reporting on Radio Catskill lately has been Liam Mayo's work on our trash. Almost all of Sullivan County's waste has been trucked to Seneca Meadows Landfill outside of Syracuse for over a decade now since the Sullivan County Landfill filled up and closed. And now Seneca Meadows is facing the same fate. And even though it is applied for a permit with New York State to continue landfilling there, it is unclear whether that will be approved. So Sullivan County's leaders have been working to find other solutions to our garbage problem. More than likely, it means paying more money to truck it out of state and expanding the carbon footprint of our trash even further. To hear more about that, you can find Leah Mayo's really interesting story on it at wjffradio.org. But now that you're up to speed, I want to talk about solutions beyond just loading up our trash and hauling it somewhere else. And specifically, I want to talk today about waste to energy. The idea behind this is pretty much as it sounds, turning our solid waste into usable energy. But before we get to that, let's talk about how a power plant works. The traditional method of producing electricity in a steam power generation facility, which accounts for most of the electricity generation in the world, follows a few basic steps. One, burn fuel. Two, have the heat created from burning the fuel boil water. Three, keep the steam from the boiling water under extremely high pressure. Imagine boiling pasta water without taking the lid of the pot off. The steam really wants to escape because water expands when it goes from a liquid to a gas. Four, take that pressurized steam and use it to turn a big fan called a turbine. And five, use the kinetic energy from the turbine to turn an electromagnetic generator. And now you have electricity. Fossil fuel power plants have been using this method to create energy for over a hundred years and most renewable sources of energy actually use most of these same basic principles as well. But you know what else you can burn to turn an electromagnetic rotor and create electricity? Garbage. And sure, if you have ever been in the vicinity of a burning barrel, you know that garbage is gross when it burns. But if you can keep the bad stuff that you get from burning trash out of the air, you'd suddenly have a pretty ubiquitous form of energy while also drastically reducing the amount of waste that ends up in landfills. And that is exactly what I wanted to talk to Dutchess County Executive Bill O'Neill and Dutchess County Resource Recovery Agency Executive Director Kerry Russell about the other day when I sat down with them. The Dutchess County Resource Recovery Facility is a waste-to-energy plant, and it's the closest one to most of our listening area. And at this plant, they process over 450 tons of waste every day and put enough energy into the grid to power about 10,000 homes in the Hudson Valley. I wanted to learn from Bill and Kerry about whether waste to energy could potentially be a viable option for our neck of the woods as well. 
waste energy facility was built uh, in the 80s. Uh, I believe it came online in 1989 uh, under the administration of uh, Lucille Patterson, who was the county executive at the time. Uh, so the, the plant is about 30 years old and uh, we've had uh, a major upgrade to that as uh, EPA standards have come out and uh, we uh, adhere to the EPA standards. As a matter of fact, uh, our records, because we have to do, I think it's a week, a monthly report that we submit to uh, the EPA and to the DEC locally that uh, explains where we are with the standards. Uh, over the five last five years, our standards range anywhere from 25 to 100 percent below what the EPA standard is. You know, we have uh, filters, scrubbers, and technology that takes out of the emissions that come out of the smokestack, you know, most of what comes out. If you go by the uh, RRA and see the smoke coming out, most of what you're seeing is steam. And of course, the steam is what is captured in our turbine, which creates electricity. So uh, we burn about 140 to 150,000 tons of uh, waste uh, each year. That is not 100% of what we create in Dutchess County. Uh, we don't know exactly what our waste is, but I'm going to say 80% maybe of what we create in Dutchess County comes to uh, the uh, uh, Resource Recovery uh, Waste Energy Plant. Um, as you know, flow control could get us 100% of that, but uh, we really probably couldn't handle it with the size of the facility. So we operate um, predominantly with a, a major uh, provider, major carter is Royal Carding. They have probably 80% of the waste. They collect 80% of the waste from households and commercial uh, facilities. And, uh, and they bring most of their waste to us. We have an agreement with them. And so we burn that much waste that uh, generates uh, about 6,000 tons of uh, metals each year that we uh, recycle, that we extract from the product. Uh, it uh, powers about 10,000 homes with the electricity that is produced. And, uh, and there's a byproduct that comes from the burning of the waste, the ash, if you will. Uh, it, it's about a third of what we burn ends up becoming ash. Uh, when that's dry, we load that up and we send it to places like Seneca Meadows where they use it as a cover over the solid waste that is being put in the landfill so that it covers it and keeps it like a liner over the uh, over the landfill, the the way you describe it, it obviously sounds like an ideal solution to waste management. In that you're significantly decreasing the the volume of waste that you have, you're creating energy, you're powering homes. But I believe we only have about ten waste combustion facilities in New York State. I haven't heard of any new ones coming on online recently. So I'm curious what sort of response you've had over the decades in Dutchess County from, from your communities since the facility opened. 
There are, I believe, 76 waste to energy facilities throughout the country. Okay, there are, uh, you're right, about 10 in New York State. As a matter of fact, there is one close to us down in Westchester, um, and that uh, facility is about three times uh, the size of ours. Um, but I think that uh, there is a whole lot of um, opposition to anything that creates um, a, a what the appearances of uh, you know something coming into the air. As I explained to you before, when you go by the uh, the waste energy plant and you see all the smoke coming out, people say, "Oh my God, look what they're doing!" And uh, it's mostly steam. And and as I explained, the EPA standards are pretty uh, pretty significant and stringent. And we beat them by a lot. The technology uh, for uh, waste to energy plants is is pretty good in terms of cleaning the chemicals and the uh, the elements out of it. Uh, but I think you know what you need to look at is what are your alternatives. Now the the two alternatives are put it in a landfill, and as you probably know, landfill creates methane. And if you're believing the science, methane is the worst element that uh, is affecting uh, uh, CO2 emissions, which are the uh, global uh, warming or the climate uh, change, uh, you know, biggest uh, impact on climate change. So, you know, those are your two alternatives. Now, the, the real activists will tell you, well, the answer is, zero waste. Let's recycle everything. Let's compost our, our uh, food products. And then we won't have any waste. We won't need landfills. And then we can close the uh, uh, waste energy plant. And, you know, if that were possible, I would be a big supporter of that. But we in, in Dutchess County, we are one of the, the best recyclers in, in the state and in the, in the, uh, in the country. Uh, if you look at our numbers, 42% of the uh, municipal solid waste, we recycle. 20% of our waste goes to a landfill, and then 38% of our waste goes to the waste to energy plant, which I would suggest to you is recycling. That is zero waste. Because at the end of the day, we have metals, we have electricity, and we have ash. And so, you know, I think that we are doing the right thing. But the opposition that we get is, I think, the unrealistic expectations of uh, people that we can eliminate this waste through recycling. And if you go back five, seven, eight years ago, uh, recycling was uh, a potential future because Asia was taking everything we could give them in the way of plastics and, and, and paper and, and metals and anything that we could send them, they took. Those markets are all gone. They closed them up. And so what happens now is you have recycling agencies that take in all of this recycling. We, we separate here in, in Dutchess County. Uh, paper plastics from waste, 
And those, uh, those recycling things are picked up separately, brought to a recycling center. They sort through that. That which can be recycled, that has a market, they take care of. That which doesn't, they put in a pile. When that pile gets too big, it either goes to a landfill or to the waste to energy facility. And that's what's happened to recycling. And that's why when you look at the national numbers, you know, our uh, recycling is at 42%. New York State, across New York State, it's 18%. If you look at it across the country, it's in the mid-30s. So we, we are doing the best, I think, that we can. Uh, but I think, you know, what we're seeing is, is the age-old uh, vocal minority uh, that complains about things. But I wish that they were just a little bit more accurate in their facts when they spout, you know, all the, the negatives of the waste to energy plant. So w- would you posit that this sort of cultural or political pushback is the main barrier to more facilities like this? I mean, what does it cost well, to, very to run a facility like this? Oh, it's it's very expensive to operate a waste energy facility, especially old ones. You know, the the the, the cost to put a new one in today, I'm going to estimate a hundred million. I'm being told six hundred million um, to 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 create a brand new facility uh, that would uh, you know incinerate and then create. Uh, energy. So um, somewhere between 100 million and 600 million. And that would be a cost that probably a private entity is not going to take on because there's so much regulation that you need a municipal partner or a governmental partner to be able to, uh, you know, walk through that minefield of what is and isn't, you know, allowed. I mean, the, the, the irony is, if you look at Europe, they have four over 400 facilities, and they're building their facilities on a regular basis because, you know, they realize that this is a, a reasonable way to handle solid waste. And the, the irony is that their solid waste per capita is, is a, a fraction of ours. As you know, we are a wasteful society. But uh, they they have much less than us, and yet they're using uh, this technology uh, to to eliminate their waste. And and so I, I think there may be a pendulum swing over time. Uh, but as I said, it's the vocal minority that uh, that that kind of keeps things at bay, and then the cost of entry or the cost of building is uh, significant. And unless you can see a future, unless you can, you know, make it make the numbers work going forward, why would you invest? And if you leave it to the government to invest, it's just, uh, I think, too heavy a lift for certainly a local municipality. I mean, we could not take on the debt uh, to do to do that, not without, you know, raising the cost of uh, of uh, waste pickup uh, to the consumer that would end up becoming a, a, a serious political uh, issue. So, uh, so you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. The good news is our plant, even though it's 30 years old, uh, is, uh, is, is great technology. 
Uh, we've had to invest in it. And I say we, uh, we have a partner uh, with Win Wheelabrator. They are our plant operator. Uh, they get most of the revenue that comes from turning that waste into energy, but they also take on the total uh, cost of maintaining the facility. And over the last two years, uh, that's been uh, you know well over ten million dollars. So uh, so they're investing in it and they're doing what needs to be done. Uh, but it just gives you a, a, a kind of feel for. Uh, the cost of, of operating this. You mentioned earlier in the conversation that the EPA had raised its standards for what was coming out of the, the smokestack of a plant like this. And so there was a significant investment made to make sure that this would comply. So besides the steam, what else is coming out of that smokestack? What else is coming out of it? Um, and again, it is a very small fraction, uh, as Bill mentioned, between 25% to 100% below federal limits. Um, there are a fraction of dioxins, um, lead, um, a very, very insignificant amount of mercury. Um, this is thought to be so low because of Dutchess County's ability to recycle electronics. Um, we have a great turnout for electronic uh, recycling days. Um, carbon dioxide, uh, nit nitrogen uh, oxides, um, and particulate matter would be some of the components that would come out, again, at an extremely reduced amount. Yeah, the parts per whatever, some are million, trillion, are so uh, low and so insignificant. And, and when you look at the percentages for each one of these that we are below the standard, I mean, you're looking at uh, 79%, 98%, 81%, 92%, 86%, 84%, uh, 58%. So we're we're well below what the EPA standard is. And I think anyone that's dealt with the government knows that they don't set standards at, you know, kind of a low bar, they set them at the high bar. So, so we are not really putting much into the atmosphere at all. Um, and when you weigh that against what is happening in landfills with the, uh, the methane that just comes out of it, and you've seen the what we call the candy canes that are actually allowing methane to come out of it because it becomes combustible if you don't. Um, and then, you know, what's happening now, as you'll see in Ulster, their, their increase in their, their tipping fee is because their transportation costs have increased so, so much because, as you said, Seneca Falls is now limiting what they'll take. And so we're moving further and further west. You know, there used to be uh, landfills in Pennsylvania. I think now they're moving out to Ohio. And the combustible diesel fuel that is being used to transport that is worse than anything that's being produced by us. I mean, you know, we, we hear from this vocal minority about our air quality. 
And, and that's, you know, such a ruse that we don't have any impact, virtually any impact on air quality. Most of the air quality is either, you know, the winds coming up out of uh, the industrial part of the city coming up the Hudson or the majority coming from vehicles that are, you know, uh, giving off uh, carbon monoxide. That's the big, you know, issue. And, and so now we're creating even more of that by transporting all this waste hundreds and hundreds of miles, you know, to landfills where when it gets into the landfill, it creates a bigger problem with the methane. So, you know, when you weigh the two, I mean, there is no comparison in terms of our solution versus a landfill solution. To add to Bill's point, according to New York State, um, the waste sector of greenhouse gas emissions is 12%. Of that 12%, 78% of it comes from landfills. And by far, the transportation sector is far larger of a component for greenhouse gas emissions than the waste sector. And certainly combustion in the state um, is at the very bottom of greenhouse gas emissions. has been approached by any other counties saying we'd love to know more about what you're doing here so we can do something more like that in our county because we're all facing the same problem. We've actually been approached um, by other counties for taking in their waste um, to help reduce their greenhouse gas emission footprint uh, because of their long haul to the landfills such as situation you're in. And as, as Bill said at the beginning of the conversation, what we take in is about 75 to 80% of Dutchess County. So we are at our, our maximum um, ability, but there are surrounding counties that do ask for our service in order to reduce their greenhouse gas footprint. Yeah, we haven't had a whole lot of people coming here saying, how do we build what you have? And again, I, I think we went, out, went through that. The cost of entry is, is just too high. Um, but I do think that as we go forward into uh, the next decade and, and decades, um, people are going to start trying to figure out how to deal with this. There are some new technologies. Um, they're not you know, totally proven, certainly not in the United States. I know in Europe, uh, there are some experimental um, steam processes where they, uh, you know, emulsify the the waste and then create byproducts, uh, fertilizer and and uh, usable products that uh, uh, are used like uh, like Trex and things like that. Um, but it, it is still, I think, ex experimental, and uh, I don't know that uh, it scales yet. Uh, but I think over the next few decades, you're going to see a lot of this because, you know, we produce waste. And, and you know, the irony is, uh, you know, we're, there's so much focus on zero uh, waste. 
our per capita waste is increasing dramatically. You know, we've seen an increase probably of 10 to 15% in Dutchess County, uh, just in terms of what we take in and the, the households that we deal with. Um, but I, I think you're going to see more and more of that. And, uh, you know, you, you have to have a, a source of, uh, of getting rid of it. And uh, landfills, I mean, there's, there's only so much land. And we've talked about the, uh, the, the poisoning of, of our environment with methane. You know, you're going to have to find ways to get rid of it. Waste energy certainly seems uh, the logical way to do it. If you were made New York State waste policy czar tomorrow and you could uh, wave your hands and enact any uh, policy, you could invest in anything, you could decree anything, and no one could tell you you couldn't, what would be some of those week one policies that you would enact related to solving our solid waste problem in New York State? Well, the first thing I would do is I would, you know, we have the uh, Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. Uh, I would make waste to energy part of the renewable process. I mean, we're out there trying to figure out ways to create, uh, you know, wind and solar replaced fossil fuels. You know, this should be a part of the equation, and it, and it isn't. Uh, we're fighting now to just keep it in the mix uh, so that they don't eliminate uh, this. And I, I think we're making headway on that. But I would certainly include it as an encouragement. And, you know, there's so much uh, investment and subsidization of uh, renewable energy. If we had some of that from a state and hopefully federal level, then maybe that cost of entry could be reduced and we would expand that. So that'd be the first thing I'd do. The second is I would make ash, uh, I would give it beneficial use so that it could be taken out of the boilers that we, when we create this ash and move to uh, use in construction projects, you know, for road bedding and, and things of that, you're much the, the same way you see item being used now and truly recycling that, that ash. It is non-toxic and, and it does have a compactability issue that could be used in those things. So if they designated it for beneficial use, as many other states have done, in New York State, uh, that would lower the cost uh, that we incur in terms of creating waste energy, and that would bring down our cost. It would enable us to invest more into the plant. For our plant, we have we have two lines, if you will, uh, that we burn two boilers, but we built it with the opportunity to build a third line. We could put a third boiler in uh, to the facility. But it's, a, it's an expensive proposition, um, and if we could find a way to make this ash beneficial, that funding could then go into a third line, and now we can provide even more, uh, not just for Dutchess County, but then maybe we could bring in some of the waste from Ulster or Sullivan or you know other areas so that they wouldn't have to ship it to uh, landfills hundreds of miles away.
a big thank you to Dutchess County Executive Bill O'Neill and Dutchess County Resource Recovery Agency Executive Director Kerry Russell for making the time to chat on today's episode. My curiosity and interest in waste energy has been piqued, but like other creative solutions to our waste problem, this sort of infrastructure is really expensive. And truthfully, I can't imagine that many of our more rural parts of the state are going to be considering this as a viable option in the near term, simply because we don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to spare. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we necessarily have better solutions beyond creating less landfill waste in the first place. And it doesn't sound like we've been doing particularly well on that front either. But perhaps that's where larger scale composting programs might help save the day, Or perhaps we'll start seeing increased costs associated with waste disposal, which might end up incentivizing a change in how we think about waste. Whether we like it or not, though, this problem is going to be with us for years to come. And I hope that we'll see some creative solutions coming from our local and state leaders on this, because not doing anything might not be an option for much longer. I'm Leif Johansson, and this is Close to Home, a podcast from WJFF Radio Catskill. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.